Hey there, this is Ed Townend, and you're listening to the Erratic Control Podcast. This week's podcast is with Alid Rion, and Alid was someone I interviewed last week at Hub Festival, as well as uh, recording part of his set. That was with his band, The Gorgeous Charge. Uh, this podcast was recorded quite a few weeks before that weekend, so it kind of predates that, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of do these things out of sequence for once. But, you know, that's 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 the thing that kind of tends to happen with podcasts. Alid took the time to sit down with me at my flat and talk through his musical history and uh, a bit of his creative process, especially relating to uh, the way he writes with the band now. And uh, he also recorded a song for me and for the podcast, which was... Um, wrap up warm and you can hear that at the end of the interview as well as you can watch a video of that on youtube or facebook and yeah so here it is uh this is an interview with alad rion i'd like to not try to think too much about things before i do yeah you know what i mean because i'd rather commit to completely not knowing what you're gonna ask mm. <laughs> wow I don't know, it's just funny because like the ones I've done recently, I've started to think, oh, maybe should people should know what the questions oh, are really? in advance. People, people deal with things in a different way. I think the problem is, if you know what the questions are, you try and formulate the answer in your head. Mm. Sometimes that sounds formal. Yeah, and then you can, yeah, it can kind of sound a bit like... But it depends. I don't know what you're going to ask me, do I? It's one of those things where it's like, it depends on, yeah, how well you are at answering questions off the cuff. And it's like, if you're kind of media trained, which oh, that's ramble. Yeah, some of us are. Like, I don't know, like when I was doing all the Cardiff Musical stuff, I was so able to answer, question, answer questions I wasn't expecting. Mm. And I guess, I don't know what it is. Maybe I just watch too many interviews online or like watch too many podcasts or listen to too many podcasts even. Yeah. And like, it depends I, what you're doing. Like, as in, if you're selling the Cardiff Musical Awards, you have like two points you want to get across and you get them across whatever question they ask. That's, yeah. That's what that, that kind of thing is. Like, oh. you know, so I did an interview recently and obviously I just wanted to. Get the thing out that had an EP out. So mm. that's I just made sure I did that after that. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> um, but it's yeah. I remember one of the questions that stumped you though was like, "Oh, what, what what's your favorite? What's your favorite type of music?" And it's just like oh. I hate that question. Yeah. It's just like it's such a typical kind of question. Yeah. And it, describe yourself as well as really hard one. Describe. Oh my god. Descri- describe. Oh yeah. Describe I guess your music as a as a musician. That's that's it's really hard. Suck. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't describe yourself. Other people describe you. So yeah. That's kind of that question comes up all the time, like you know it's kind of it's it's interesting if you ask what kind of music do you do like but like people describe your music doesn't matter yeah. you describe your music and it's yeah. really hard to do you know because you rely on other people really word of mouth mm. or people trying to you know what I mean so yeah. it's kind of uh, it's a hard question to answer as a musician what you sound like because unless you try and sound like someone else which no musician would ever <laughs> no, admit to never admit that yeah well I sound a little bit like uh, this and a little bit like that yeah. you know because. It's so relative. Like people, when people listen to music, a musician for the first time, you've got a list of artists in your head, mm. and who you like or don't like. Yeah, nobody's heard every music, and then you get compared to different people depending on who, yeah. how what the that person's heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you now you know, I've never heard Bob Dylan, but I've heard Nick Drake. You mm. like, might watch me and go, oh, he's a bit like Nick Drake. Yeah, yeah. And then someone else has never heard Nick Drake, but oh, a little bit like Bob Dylan because he plays an acoustic guitar <laughs> and finger picks or whatever. It's, it's so relative, like you know. It's funny how you like mention you know people are so easy to kind of when they see a someone a guy with an acoustic guitar. And they're finger picking. They either will think Nick Drake or Bob Dylan or like kind of these like these typical artists you think of. But that's so kind of lazy. And then from my perspective, I never really kind of got into Bob Dylan or Nick Drake and stuff. So when I see acoustic singer songwriters now, I think of other people I know. 
like that I've actually like I know personally. Mm. So it's kind of like comparing those kind of things. And I think that's kind of really I don't know, it's really important for a music scene to be like that, where you're comparing yeah. bands in the music scene to each other rather than to the outside world. As a musician, I try not to compare mm. people, you know. Yeah. I know I know I like a lot of people and I try to think that other musicians probably think the same. Mm. You know, they'll they'll see me play and they'll be like, Oh, I like I like him or I don't like him but I, I hope that you know, I'd rather think they don't ju- we don't judge each each other yeah. on, on merit or whatever. Like, you know, you know who you like, obviously. But you bump into each other so many times in gigs around Cardiff and mm. things like that, you know, it's um, it's a very healthy. It's not competitive, I don't think. It's very, I, in my, from my perspective, I, I don't think like I'm competing against other musicians. No, I'm just really pleased that there's such a healthy scene in Cardiff. That's true. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't really think of a case where bands com- have competed. But then again, I, I'm sure like there are some bands <laughs> that go like try and rank bands. Oh, probably. But Cardiff. also, I think some of that is to do with PR. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's interesting because you like look at like the you know the hub lineup every year mm. and you kind of you see who moves up and who who moves down sometimes and mm. it's like oh that's yeah. interesting I wonder who's kind of chosen that but like you know you turn around to the to like little Grant stuff and say oh like is it you they would never admit that there's like a hierarchy in that no um, no it also depends you know uh, if I'm playing on my own or playing with a band now. Yeah, they, that can affect it, that changes yeah. it completely because obviously it puts you in a different kind of box in a way. Yeah, or like yeah, a different kind of category, a different kind of like echelon. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it's just because cause it sounds slightly different um, and more dynamic with yeah. bands. They, you know, you 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 could play somewhere different, somewhere bigger. Yeah, um, and that kind of and it's more like a headline show. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting that, and it's I think a lot of artists are kind of like solo artists especially do gravitate to towards having a band for me it was it just felt like it was a natural step you know i still i still probably play half my gigs solo mm. and still write the songs uh i suppose so i can play them solo mm. but i have um found myself you know, it's not, it's lonely on stage sometimes, and uh, <laughs> it's nice yeah. to have warm bodies next yeah, to you on I stage. Guess, and like, so you're not, you don't feel like you've got the entire responsibility of the crowd on you. And... Well, I suppose it's nice to be on stage with your mates, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the people in in my band are all mates. You know, it's it's not a set band. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a. I suppose you wouldn't say super group, but like, you know, I just picked it's people from different bands yeah, on the scene think, in Cardiff. I think when you when you kind of throw the word super group around <laughs> in such a small scene, it's like it's it's kind of like every band in Cardiff is inevitable. A super group. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there will be super groups. It's like yeah. um, false hope for the savage. I always like funnily like jokingly refer to as a super group because it's made yeah. up of like cut ribbons and Samoans and yeah and echo and the always but really it's yeah. just a completely different band if you play the cello in cardiff you're in about 20 bands yeah exactly oh yeah if you play the drums you're <laughs> in at least five bands aren't you yeah. it's like but you know i, I use i always use the, the term super group jokingly like you know mm. i just think um uh it's it's kind of it just happened naturally i needed a band yeah and so i kind of i've been thinking about it for a while and uh, just, it just kind of happened, you know. Like yeah. we're already playing together in some capacity, though. Know, like when when we were sort of off stage, so yeah. why not kind of uh, give my song a slightly different songs a slightly different uh, dynamism, I suppose. Yeah, and that kind of thing, you know, comes about quite naturally when you're friends with musicians, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, you just go, oh, do you want to play this show with me? And you know, it's 
and you can kind of have like a revolving cast if you know enough people as well. Well, that's what I try to do. I call yeah. it a collective. So um, it's because, well, it's just easier, isn't it? It's just lovely to be able to play with different people. And also, yeah. if you have a different lineup, then that means the song is going to sound slightly different because I don't want a song to sound the same all the time, yeah. if that makes sense. I quite like the fact that it changes slightly depending on it's, who I've got. That's, and I, that's definitely interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and like, I can play with strings as well, you know. So, yeah. so I'd be either, it could be me, piano, guitar, me with a, a nine-piece band, or just me and, and some strings. Nine-piece? Wow. That's impressive. See, <laughs> see, the problem is we, we talk about this, but I've never actually seen you with your band. I've only seen uh, you. Okay. Welcome to Hub Festival. Uh, all right, you're playing at Hub. Where, what day are you playing? Uh, I'm playing on the Saturday. Oh, I can definitely come see um, you. But yeah. I'm playing uh, at about half five in, in Club Iverbach. So okay, I think that'll cool. be good. There's a lot of bands on that night. So right. You know, it's Hub Festival such a kind of like, I wouldn't say messy festival, because that would be quite mean. <laughs> but it's not structured in a way where you know the lineup is definitely going to stay the same i mean most festivals like that i guess but it's really hard it must be a nightmare to schedule that festival because everyone's in so many different bands oh gosh yeah so, oh god yeah yeah i didn't even so, think about that so when, I, when they asked me i was like yeah. okay yeah i really want to do it um but uh don't make sure that you know about seven different bands yeah. aren't playing otherwise you won't be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would have done a solo set or like a different kind of lineup, but yeah. I wanted to do a band. It's you know because of the uh, because of the Women's Street campaign, say mm. Women's Street campaign. Uh, I just felt it was uh, kind of important for me to play there this year. Yeah, I don't know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of um, I just felt because uh, there's been so much uncertainty about the future of that street, and it's so yeah. important to me as a street. Uh, as a cultural centre I know, point, I think I know it's. I'm really looking forward to it as you know the pinnacle of that 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 so much support behind it this year, and it's kind of going to be it's going to be a very very fun weekend as long as I don't get too stressed out about it. <laughs> I've uh, I've scheduled the whole weekend to uh, should we say enjoy the festival? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I have to look after a stage on the Sunday, so I can't I can't be too crazy. But after after. I think it's ten o'clock. My stage finishes. I'll be, yeah. I'll I'll just I'll Monday. I will completely book off. <laughs> but yeah, last last year I uh, I was working in club on the Saturday night and I twisted my ankle, which was great. So like the next day I just couldn't do anything. I just stayed at home all day until the <laughs> to the uh, last set that I had to do. And so that was that was a bit crap. But yeah, but I love Hub Festival. It's yeah, like it's great. People that maybe even though you're on the same is a. You know the music scene in Cardiff's mm. quite big, really. I, I, well, you know, it's you know, it's what if you can get that many bands? Yeah, exactly. From Cardiff so to play, and, and then it's not even going to be all of the bands no. in Cardiff. Exactly. It's like, yeah. So, you, so you just bump into so many people that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah. Because you're always on the same lineups and things like that. You know. Um, so it's kind of it's just a nice weekend where everyone's kind of enjoying themselves, and um, you know, you get to kind of see bands that you haven't seen for a while and they're all mates and yeah it's really nice yeah. I think it's like the fact that it's it's carrying on as well as kind of a bit mm. of a yeah I'm thankful for it because you know it's I don't think it's a festival that ever makes any money to be honest like I it's just but it's it's so important to have something like that mm. to kind of you know I you know found loads of well I don't know if I found loads but I've, I definitely kind of heard a few more bands that I hadn't heard before and were kind of pretty great and mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's great to kind of do that and and yeah. kind of jump around that's that's quite a lot of conversation about the wider stuff so <laughs> so with um so with this podcast uh i ask two questions at the start and two questions at the end to kind of like 
frame, I guess, the podcast. Um, so the first question I ask is, uh, what is your first musical memory? Kind of like the first thing you can remember that's related to music. It's really hard. Um, it's the usual one, I suppose. Like it's it's uh, your kind of, well, my parents' records, mm. you know. Um, so they had all, the, all these records from the 70s, 60s and 70s. Mm. Um, and I just remember them being played in the house. So I think uh, that's kind of before I was aware of, you know, what was being played. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're, you're playing with the records when you're small because they're like quite interesting objects. Oh, like the the vinyl, the actual yeah, yeah, vinyl yeah. itself, you know. So you play. I remember playing with them and like just piling them up and things like that while they were playing and like obviously yeah. asking who these people were, yeah. who were these bands, you know. Um, and it doesn't mean anything at that time, but then you're always, they're always there around you, you know, and the music's always there around you. And then, yeah, so I remember that from when I was quite, quite young. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you kind of, your mates in school got older brothers and they start listening to stuff. Um, sometimes good, sometimes not so good, but, yeah. um, it was kind of Brit pop, I think for me. So you had like, you know, Blur and Oasis yeah. and all that. Um, I was quite young, so you kind of you're quite influenced by what the older kids are listening to, aren't you? I remember that, and then I would say, uh, from my perspective, I think the most important moment for me was when uh, I kind of uh, I heard like a song by a little-known band called Radiohead, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of I went out and bought the album. By myself. Which which album was it? Uh, it would have been OK Computer. Yeah, I was yeah I was you know I was way too young. I was too young when the bands came out. Uh, yeah, it would have been OK Computer, and I remember you know hearing a song. I, I can't remember which one it was mm. now, but then thinking, oh, I quite like the sound of this band. Um, but none of my friends liked them. Anyone I knew liked them. So I went out and bought the album, and mm. then uh, I th I think. Uh, I think everyone has like you know you, you got this thing sexual awakening. I think everyone has a <laughs> musical musical awakening, a musical awakening, and it's that point where maybe well for me anyway is mm -hmm. that point where I stopped listening to just things that people were telling me to listen to. Yeah, and, and started, first thing you found on your own on my own. Yeah. and I, even if you know I still like Radiohead now, but people might not you know like uh, like that band anymore. You know, but but I think it's an important stage for me as a fan of music. I think. And a musician, I think it was an important stage for me to uh, pass through. And it's kind of, yeah, I, I was aware, yeah. I had awareness that there, were other, there was other music out there and not just what people around me were listening to. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like to find music yourself rather than to get influenced mm. by someone else. I think that's kind of, that's quite that's something I haven't really covered. Mm. For me, I can't even think of what that would be for me because yeah. I, I was so influenced by my, my sister, my older sister would like, passed down a lot of music to me and yeah. a lot of music because I actually still listen to but thinking of something that's an even a harder question like for a lot of people like would, that would be was like what's the first kind of music you chose to but then like so the second question I ask is probably you've already answered is what's the first record you chose like yeah. instead of being bought for you or well no but yeah, yeah but it was like your choice to buy it as in the first album I had because but it wasn't it was because uh again like you know I would have been about nine Maybe hmm. it's like beat meatloaf, bad out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So, so that was the first record I had bought for me. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's because uh, my you know, old brothers, yeah, or my mates were listening to it. And, you know, 
I don't think it's a terrible record. I think it's possibly something I don't listen to anymore. But, <laughs> I, but, ironically, I, I heard it at Metro's last week. Uh, did you? Yeah, it's, I, was it's like, a, I can't, haven't heard this in a long it's time. It's a cult classic now. Yeah. And then obviously the DJ there, has just, it's about 10 minutes long in it. So. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but but I, uh, I think, you know, uh, I'm not embarrassed about that. I think mm. um, it kind of, you know, it was music at the end of the day and I was listening to music. Yeah. And again, you know, Meatloaf, it's not exactly like he was like massively, he was popular, but he wasn't, you know, a no. huge pop star no, at the no, time. No. So I think um, I think his time had kind of passed by that point, you know. Yeah, his height, yeah. His height of his think, career had yeah, kind yeah. of passed. Um, but then I think, yeah, like so Radiohead, uh, OK Computer, I went out and bought it myself. Uh, I remember doing it, you know, and and uh, coming back and putting it on. And mm. um, it's it's kind of, you know, back then, it's not like there was loads of ways to hear new music, really. No, no, exactly. So you had, you know, music magazines. Um, you had uh, Radio 1, to Radio 4, yeah. probably. See, like, the idea... And some music shows. The idea of music magazines now is just, like, so weird. Because mm. it's, like... And, and it's you understand why magazines like uh, Enemy went free or, like, yeah. certain ones shut down. Because now, why would you go read something, yeah. like, in a magazine about music when you could just go listen to it online? Everything's like, there all the time. Now. Yeah. So you, you don't need... You know, you, you, have to, you have to look. But in a, in a way, it's, like, it's so accessible. But in a way, like, you know, there's so much music out there now that it's kind yeah. of... It can be like mind-boggling sometimes. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I often find myself people go, "Oh, have you heard so and so?" And I've gone, "I've heard of them, but mm. I haven't had the chance to listen to them because it's like there's just too much music." Yeah. But that's a great thing in a way. But then the, the music is so accessible for people to listen to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, but maybe it's not such. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe, but maybe I don't know how. You know, maybe it's not such an achievement when you found something you like. I don't know. I, don't I think. I think it's. I think it's an achievement regardless. I think, mm. you know, if you find something you like that isn't influenced by someone else, yeah. I think that is really kind of yeah. impressive. Like, if someone's recommended you some music that you might like, mm. then that's great. That's the, kind of like a personal touch. But when, when you find something yeah. yourself and you go, oh, I really like this, I think that's like, there's a person, there's a sense of achievement. There. Yeah, I agree. But it's so easy these days because you put a song on that you like and then you get about 10 different recommended artists. Yeah. The, the, like other people who like that artist. And it, I, it is, it, I, I know, it, you know, if you do hear a band for the first time at a game yeah. or something and you've never heard them before and you think, wow, these are really good, you buy their, buy their records and, and then you take that home and that would be a, a sense yeah. of achievement definitely I, I, my, my sense of achievement comes from even uh, from finding those bands early on then watching them grow <laughs> like and you're like uh, and like one of those bands was um, was Estrons oh right yeah and uh, I saw like I saw Estrons I guess it would have been like Rodri is the, like, the only mm. remaining member but it, uh, it was Tally was supposed to play like sing but she was too ill oh, right. so it was it was Estrons minus Tally and that was the first time I saw them, and I was like, "Oh, these, they're great! They're wicked!" And like, I was really impressed by the fact that he, it was so good without Tally. Yeah. And then you saw Tally with them, and you're like, oh, "Okay, this is really good." And like, Next I, level. yeah. And then I booked them for the Ox Jam that I did, and, yeah. and then like as a headliner. And I think people were a bit like surprised; they didn't really know who restaurants were. Mm. But I was like, "They are a headline level," and now obviously they're, you know, doing all right now. Aren't they? They're doing they're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like you kind of tout a band and then as like especially from my perspective where i can put bands in front of other mm. people it's like you know to see the rise and fall of certain bands it's really kind of you, you do get that sense of achievement but then yeah there's a personal touch to it as well yeah. so so where did you buy that radiohead record where did you, like i was just like trying to place uh it would have been 
in probably, I think, I remember going out to buy it, and I think it was in HMV in Cardiff. Okay. It wasn't in, like, Spillers or anything no, like that. No, you no, know? you don't. I didn't, yeah. I hadn't, I had I wasn't old enough to have kind of, because uh, I was the oldest. All right, yeah. I don't have any older brothers or sisters, mm. so I just kind of, I had I didn't find about, out about Spillers a little bit after that. Yeah, it's kind of, it is one of those things that you, that is often passed down, isn't it? Because like, my sister, like, would go on about Spillers mm. all the time, and that's that's how I know about Spillers. There were loads um, of music shops in Cardiff then, though. You know, you had about loads of, loads of chains, you know? You had oh, yeah, you used, but you definitely used to. So, like, like, I remember, like, buying those records from Fusion mm. X Doors when it was you know, it, yeah. in the capital, and, like, and it changed into something else and then completely... And, Complete is now a gym, which is <laughs> hilarious. You just look up and you go, That used to be the jazz section of yeah, the gym yeah. stores, and now it's a gym. Someone running on a treadmill, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and like, yeah, HMV, and um, you know, there were, there were tons of I can't even actually think of any other record stores, but they're like, there were like of, MVC, MVC, is our price was another one, was that oh, one? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And like, <laughs> uh, and there used to be a FOP, wasn't there? The one on the corner of uh, yeah, Queen Street, that was. I think that was very well attended, but it's like it's funny to know that there's all these chain record stores that are, have died out now. It's crazy that like you know HMV went bankrupt a couple of years ago and got bought out, and pretty wild that you know even even big capitalist structures kind of yeah. You know, there's this great documentary on Tower Records. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if you have you seen. Uh, I've I've seen what's it called again? It's got like it's like a quote from yeah. the film, but it's. I forgot. Sure yeah, yeah, it's 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 wicked. And then there's like there's um the really there's the film Empire Records, mm. which is about, and yeah, it's just yeah. like it's kind of like a thing that you know future generations won't even understand that like what a record store is, and like even you know mm-hmm. a couple of years ago you wouldn't have considered that the iTunes store wouldn't yeah. be the most popular thing anymore, like because now it's Spotify. That's where you get your music from, yeah. and you know music is not it's not a commodity anymore. No, people want free music, don't they? Yeah, well, I mean, exactly, and you know, <laughs> if it's free, great. Yeah, if it's free, it's, it's giving people the option. They're gonna go with free every time. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's it's odd, isn't it? And it's and then especially because I feel like we're living in such a society where we, well, a certain part of the society expects to pay for everything now, whereas like I don't know, it's it's strange kind of how that that balance exists getting political there yeah we get we sound like two grumpy old men now. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we not uh, um, and you gotta remember back in the day hmv were making a lot of money yeah well, exactly you know? and like yeah huge huge companies like yeah exactly i'm not i'm not saying they were, they were great I'm, but I, yeah i know i know what you mean you know spotify yeah it's kind of killing that but i i think maybe the independent shops are kind of more of a personal thing now yeah. so they are kind of more valued well people are willing to pay more for records now i think the final vinyls come back yeah, people yeah. are willing to pay for it because it's become a, a thing now it's become an object mm. that people sort of covet I would but say. i think live music has now become kind of the biggest part of the music industry and oh definitely you don't get as much radio play or you don't get as much so you have to kind of look for that money from elsewhere and it's it's so important for artists to get that money because like yeah. it's not an easy business to make money from you went to Cardiff did you grow up in Cardiff yeah I'm from Cardiff okay um which church yeah in Cardiff yeah. so um grew up in Cardiff went to uni in London okay and then I moved back so what did you do in uni uh something completely non-music related well yeah that's and that's always that's always more interesting than people going oh i did music tech yeah. uh, i did uh, physiology human physiology oh, cool. um yes 
That's cool. So um, science, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was a case of do I want to become a doctor or not? Oh. And I chose not. That's good. That's nothing against doctors. I just no, no, no. didn't fancy four, four or five more years in uni. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you kind of you kind of get to the end of uni and you go, I don't want to do any more of this. And then some people go back and some people don't. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting turn. And you said before we started recording it, now you work in TV, mm. which I think is um, quite a good creative outlet for people. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you know, kind of, you have that kind of advantage and that edge and then on a daily basis yeah you yeah, need to be yeah. creative which is nice yeah and that, that's really challenging and like i love being you know i work for the forte project now i find myself being challenged creatively rather than challenged you know physically mm. it's like the job i did today was getting challenged physically lifting all this <laughs> stuff it's like i pref- much prefer to be challenged creatively because then, yeah, then yeah. i feel like more of a sense of achievement kind of like oh i've made this thing happen rather than i've lifted this over here your, brain, your brain's out <laughs> of workout exactly brain yeah brain workout instead of instead of arm <laughs> workout it's like you know and then you know get sit sit on my sofa and just on my laptop all day and you know is that yeah. physically better for me i don't know but mentally it is but i would say so yeah yeah so kind of from from that first record, were you playing music before that or not? Mm, I played the piano from when I was quite young. Yeah, um, but was that kind of something that was forced upon you? Uh, or was it, I, 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 no, I say forced upon yeah. you. It's just a lot of people have like... Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was like uh, I was forced to do it at all. I would say that I did it, but I didn't perhaps enjoy it. Mm. But I did probably see I was getting something out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really practice, you know, I never reached i think i got i was playing for years and i think i got to like grade five or something you know that's still um, commendable which is all right but considering <laughs> how long i was playing for and i think it's just you know it, it, when you're when you're that when you're young i was like six you know something like that then mm. you kind of you had i had people who i knew who were at grade eight by the time they were 10 something like that you know so mm. um so i didn't i wasn't getting that much out of it although i did learn the basics of music you know so yeah um it was it was, wasn't until i kind of learned the guitar when i was about 13 that was something I wanted to do myself. So yeah. I kind of said, Dad, I want to learn guitar. Can I get a guitar? And so I had classical lessons to start with. Um, and I think that was massively beneficial. That yeah. was something I kind of, I enjoyed doing. So I just kept, you know, I was I was there practicing for hours. Yeah, because especially if it's something you like, you enjoy and you chose mm. to do. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of kind of people get to that point where there's like a turning point and they want to play guitar. Definitely, you know. It's a rebellious scene thing though as well. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just like you kinda of go, oh, I've got a bit more freedom now, like my parents can will pay mm. for things that are not toys rather than so you kind of wanna Place is something you can carry around the house with you. As in a piano is pretty stationary, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of it's something you can just play in your bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Um and it doesn't make too much noise no i guess not <laughs> depends what kind of music exactly yeah. exactly yeah. but i you know i think you know it's obviously it was partly me changing as a person like we mm. hit puberty you changed any um guitar is a bit of a cooler instrument and i think i was listening to more guitar music so it's kind of yeah. it makes sense that you want to emulate that but it, and it's interesting that you started out with classical guitar do you think that was just because um well, it was just because I went for guitar lessons and the guy giving the lessons happened to be, you know, he started off teaching me chords and stuff. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I've taught you the chords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> so I didn't know because he teach me some chords and then I'd just go and teach myself the rest. Yeah. Because once you get the basics, it gets easier, obviously. And then uh, I think he said, well, do you want to learn a bit more? Um, 
Yeah. I was like, yeah, right. And then he told me to finger pick. Yeah. And... So that, but that's more like a classical guitarist teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, he was in like the College of Music and Drama or something. Mm. You know, he's amazing guitarist, but it was kind of, and then I saw him play and I was like, oh, I want to play like that actually. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like the folk influence wasn't early on. It was more classical influence. Yeah. But it's good to have that basis and like, mm. and instead of just going, I've learned the chords now, I'm going to play rock music. Yeah. And I th- you know, it kind of gives you a different perspective on it and kind of playing classical pieces are a bit, you know, and like having, maybe it's because of the piano thing as well. It's like, yeah, I could, well, I, I could read music, so yeah. that helped. Um, and I, it's, I think for me, it was just, um, I saw someone play something really well and I kind of wanted to do it like that. You know, my mm. mate was like learning Joe Satriani and I, I, I was like, I don't know, I've always been drawn to the acoustic guitar. I don't know why. And so, yeah. so more than the electric, I would say. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted more than just learning chord progressions. I wanted to kind of... So there won't be any Rion goes electric. Well, you know what? <laughs> Uh, last gig I played I played the electric on two songs oh really yeah so I think uh, it depends on the song I think you know? oh, def- and, yeah definitely and also like... now that I'm you know now that I'm playing with the band the dynamics changed a little bit so I think maybe some of the songs I might play the electric mm. it depends you know I, I just like to I don't think I don't like to stay the same for too long I like to try different things so. and yeah when there's a certain song where it needs something yeah. more than an acoustic guitar it's like Especially because you, know, you can have that feeling where you go, oh, this doesn't yeah. suit this, and you can't. There'll be, be a song soon when I play the piano. You know, it's, it's kind yeah. of. It's I, I think as a songwriter, it's great because you can do that. As in, people don't go, uh, people don't tend to sort of think twice if you switch instruments and things. You know, like I, I think. Yeah, I think that's you know, it's becoming more and more of a thing where people, are not expected, but mm. kind of it's if you can play more more than one instrument, it it. It's not like seen as like you're a virtuoso now. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and it could be quite restrictive, like playing one instrument and only being able mm-hmm. to write with one instrument. And like I think you know, and like learning music theory is so I don't know. It's interesting. I, there's always this this thing that I I kind of think of when I think of people who don't who haven't learned music theory. It's like um, it's like a small. There's a short documentary on uh, Muse's first album. And the producer was like saying to Matt Bellamy, he was like, oh, so why, why don't you play something on the blues scale? And he was like, what's the blues scale? <laughs> and you're like, hang on, what? Like, how how do you like mm. play guitar and not know what the blues scale is? But, it, you know, some people won't because they'll just like t- self-teach. T- self yeah. And, you know, I think um, it happens to me as well. I'll be playing with a band, you know, and they're all like, some of the proper musicians, yeah. pro- you, know, prop, you know, like trained musicians. Like, so they they kind of, they'll be like, oh, play that. Uh, is that the F sharp you're playing there or the G? And then, you know, because it's by ear. And, you know... That's crazy. That might it? not be something that... Well, that, that's something I, I definitely can't hear a note and tell you what it is, you know. Yeah. It's kind of... I could I could find it on the guitar. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's certain levels, isn't it? There's, there's yeah. some people who are completely tone deaf who will not be mm-hmm. able to find a note. If you've got a piano in front of you, you can yeah. match it. And then yeah. some people just pluck it out of the air. Which... But also, I've been playing with strings, you know, and I don't know what the terminology for most of the things to do with strings are, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of, there's so many different styles of playing and, yeah. you know, and you, you, I just go like, oh, you know, because um, I know what pizzicato is, yeah. like, but uh, oh, can you just do like a really extended uh, note or can you do it like like this? And then they're like, oh, like, you mean oh, that? Yeah, yeah. You know, this, and, this Latin word. Yeah, 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 but it's kind of, but but if you've never come across it before, you you know, how would you know? You just, in my head, I know what it wanted to sound like. Um, yeah, and then a... you're trying to get someone to do what, describe a sound trying to describe a sound to something is quite hard <laughs> especially 
there's like a world of stuff behind each instrument. It's yeah. like, and especially one like a violin or like strings that have been around for so long. It's like, yeah. yeah, when you're playing guitar, it's a bit more of one instrument, so there's kind of less to it. I, well, no, I don't know. Well, that, that sounds really yeah. bad, isn't it? But it's I, don't, like, I don't think there's less to it. I just think you, know, you use different terminology. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously people who have gone through the whole training where they've just where they've gone to you know music college to play just an instrument and learn all the theory and they'd be familiar with the terminology but maybe not yeah it's a lot to it you know it's a big it's, it's kind of a, it's a massive i think when you're writing music you can you can be on any level as long as you know what you yeah. what you're trying to get out of it yeah, exactly. day. some people can get there easier because they've got that knowledge and some people uh, just like don't don't have that but also you have amazing musicians and they can write a song yeah so it's oh yeah kind of, you know it's, it's it's completely different i find that fascinating like how how you can be so skilled at something but never ever be able to but you, you can know, make a song sound beautiful yeah but maybe you can't write a song it's a di- i think it's a different it's a completely different thing to be able to do it's the way your kind of brain is wired yeah. isn't it it's like you know I, and and it, but it must be well. It is frustrating. I, I know personally, it's frustrating when you <laughs> when you have that creativity, but you don't have the the ability to do things. And it's like <laughs> ah, like I want to be able to do that, but it's like oh well, I'll just do something else instead. But then I know I would never be able to play uh, a violin as a virtuoso. You know, I know I'd never yeah. be able to do that, but I can kind of write a song. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> that's good. You start playing guitar about thirteen, yeah. and. Do, were you writing music that early? Or? Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, they're not great songs. Like, but mm. um, I, I was always kind of trying to write music. Uh, you know, I think the first song I wrote, I was about 14, something like that. And, yeah. and you know, it's looking back now, I'm quite proud of it because it was the first song I wrote. But, you yeah. know, I would never play it to anyone. No. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of early stuff, I've been, I've talked about it a couple of times, that writing as a teenager can be really interesting because you're at that point in your life you're so close mm. to your emotions and you're like you don't have that that inhibition yeah and you also got that kind of at that point you're able to kind of put those things into into writing and i think kind of hearing songs from teenagers is quite i find quite interesting you know it, it's mm. rough but it like the kind of the the emotion is there yeah, it's a lot more raw as in you haven't also you because you haven't lived that much life in the adult world and it's it's uh you've got a different outlook on things as well yeah. you're you know? less cynical aren't you? yeah yeah exactly well, well yeah, yeah. it's just experience life experience yeah you know and that's why songwriters mature yeah you know and because they've lived more life and they understand their emotions better and they understand people better and they've had different experiences like when you're 13 you know yeah you might have had experiences but in five years' time, when you're 18, you had a lot more. Yeah, so, and, and those experiences when you're 13 won't matter as much. Yeah. At all. And like you yeah. said, you know, puberty doesn't help. And yeah, the whole, yeah, the hormones don't really help. Up, and yeah. the fact that you don't really understand all these feelings that you've got. Yeah, um, and the fact that you tend to listen to really kind of emotional music as well. Like you know, none of it. Yeah, none of it. Like uh, you know, everything influences, doesn't it? Definitely, and I, yeah, there's always that kind of whatever's the most popular music is always layered with that kind of feeling of yeah. that emotion because you know <laughs> I think teenagers still really influence yeah, yeah. like what, what is popular in music and what is popular in subculture and, and like you know people people want to talk about millennials all they want but it really is like it is the younger generation that that are influencing like that um, yeah and that kind of music yeah they've got money haven't they yeah exactly well I don't know I don't <laughs> know about money, anymore well yeah but it's, it's not even like about money anymore <laughs> is it it's like about what what the social trend they sell, are, yeah. they sell merchandise yeah it's true yeah yeah but it's <laughs> i know but it, you kind of 
you know that that was the case it's like oh you target teenagers because they've got like disposable income mm. but now yes they've got disposable income but they can get this music for free anyway so yeah, but then, it, then, but then advertising targeting yeah true um and then <laughs> you know but a lot more people go to gigs now and like mm, it's starting to, you're starting a lot younger and you know that's really that's really good yeah that's great yeah it's it's strange because you know bands can't sit in a studio now for five years and make mm. a record and earn all that money back because they it, people won't buy it yeah. Uh, yeah so you kind of have to really think of that so with your with your music then you you started writing when you were 14 but when yeah i i mean this is kind of like quite a get you know yeah. going along the timeline kind of thing but it's it's interesting to know where people start in music mm. because a lot of people say they started in open mics yeah that's always started yeah and i think i think that's kind of like quite a it can be quite a unique uh thing to do for a solo artist not not we're well, not unique mm. but like that's often the path that solo artists take yeah i think for me is i was I was a bedroom guitarist mm. and a bedroom songwriter for years and I went to uni and I was, I'd maybe get like, you know, go to a party, maybe have a little bit too much to drink and people would be like, oh, I'll play the guitar or whatever. <laughs> and then I would, but I used to be petrified of playing in front of people. Like I used yeah. to be actually petrified um, to the point like my knees would be shaking and I would be shaking all over. Like, mm. um, And then I just remember one day just going like, screw this. I'm going to, I'm going to go and play an open mic night. Yeah. Just, just um, which was a big thing, I think, for me at the time, because obviously um, I enjoyed playing the guitar, but I was playing mainly for myself. I wasn't writing for anyone else, or you know, um, so I kind of, or you know, I, I was just writing songs. Yeah, it, it wasn't like I was writing songs with the idea of playing them in front of people and other people hearing them, um, which is weird, I know. But no, no, I don't. I don't think it is because when you when you've got that, when you're a certain of a certain mindset, you got that creative outlook. Mm. Like you will put that energy yeah. into making something, and you don't necessarily want to share True. it with people. I just never felt the I never felt the urge to stand up and sing my songs in front of anyone. No. But I just really enjoyed writing, yeah. Um, and so I was getting a lot out of it. So I just I was just doing it, you know. Um, and then yeah, I started playing open mics. A lot of the songwriters that are around now probably were playing around the same time. People like Maddie Jones, Thomas Lewis, people like that. All right, yeah. all kind of playing. It was it was you know a set amount of people. They bump into all the time. When yeah. when there's a good one, you kind of everyone knows it, and then everyone yeah. turns up every week. You know, so I was doing that for a couple of years. Um, That's interesting. It's kind of it would be funny to kind of jump back in time a few yeah, years and see. like see all those people as they're yeah. starting out and kind of go oh that's interesting yeah yeah oh, that's how I know a lot you know a lot of the singer songwriters. I think it's a, it's a kind of quite an insular community in that sense because. You know, I don't think a lot of people go out to an open mic night and not play. I think you're often playing to other musicians. A lot of the time, yeah. And a lot of the time, you'll... It's other people just walking in, just not mm. knowing it's an open mic night. Uh, yeah, and walking straight out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then staying. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, it's a lot of people who want to go uh, play, you know, just exp yeah, express themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good outlet to do it because you're doing it in front of uh, people. Sometimes it's good because you're doing it in front of people you've never you've never seen before maybe never see again yeah um, <laughs> but you, you know, know other times you know you, you it's the same people that turn up and you you kind of support it of, of each other i yeah, suppose and you can like watch each other progress and stuff like yeah that, and also yeah. you can like go oh, do you want to play a song with me and then yeah, you yeah, do yeah. like a duet and again it's a way of kind of uh getting connections really yeah. and then some of those people will like will be asked to play a gig somewhere and they go oh do you know 
this artist yeah. they do something similar do you want to put them on and that's kind of how it happened really I think it's, the more and more I do these podcasts the more I understand how important open mics are and I think I and I say it's it's kind of it's important for solo artists because mm-hmm. when you've got a band I think you've got more confidence as a unit to go out yeah. and start trying to play gigs rather than because you obviously it's very rare to see a band mm-hmm. on open mic night isn't yeah. it and so you've got that confidence but as a solo artist you kind of go to a, an open mic night because it's a bit more of a I a way to I, I'd say a way to ease yourself into it but I'd probably be terrified if I just it's, do it uh, it's a way to I would say ease yourself I'd say I'd definitely say it's a way of expressing yourself and getting over that initial kind of uh, terror that well, I used to mm. have anyway of, I've never been a performer as such you know um, so I used, like I said I used to kind of um, you know I used to shake be petrified you yeah. know I used to leave the room before playing because I'd be so nervous and then you know you do it for for a while and yeah I did get nervous but you tend to learn to use your nerves in order to get mm. excited as opposed to nervous and it de- help, definitely helps um, and it helps during those first gigs as well when maybe about two people turn up you know because you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, and, you know you're no, but, it, but that helps because you're used to an intimate audience and yeah. I think a lot of bands struggle when they have an intimate audience because they're not used to it um, they're like why are all these people actually just sitting there quietly watching us yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, and not, you ask a front man from yeah. a band to play a gig on their own in an intimate Mm. Yeah, it's a lot it's just a different style of play like so when I'm, when I've been playing with a band now even though it's not a heavy band it's a, I've had to learn how to play with other people and yeah. that, that's a different skill completely to remember that other people are there and yeah. to um, they realize how uh, maybe my timing has developed over time so that it's, yeah. ne- it's never quite consistent <laughs> <laughs> wow well, yeah. so then you play with the drummer for the first time and you're exactly. like oh yeah, oh, yeah okay. i've got to i've got to stay on beat now. <laughs> exactly but when it's you know when, you, when you've got folk timing which is fine when you're on your own isn't it but, yeah because um, you can go you, all over the place but then, yeah, and yeah. It's, it feels natural because you're doing it with the emotion of the song uh, but when you're playing with the rest of the band, they need to play with you, so you have to be yeah. kind of quite consistent. Can, they can't it. just follow you around the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So doing those open mic stuff, mm. like I get, I get, you know, the other thing about that is that you kind of got a support system there because everyone know, there knows what it's like to go up for the first time, and you yeah. kind of, um, you know, there's so much support in that sense. And I don't think you know you don't want to go to an open mic and see people there who. Uh, waiting for you to mess up exactly so it's like you know you, you never it's you've got that safety net but then mm. moving to a gig then and kind of do you remember what well i'm sure you do what do you remember what your first gig you know what? no i don't know if I, can, I don't know if i can remember what my first gig i was about to say was. like surely everyone remembers their first gig yeah. but then like it was probably something like it would have been on woman street i think so i think mm. it was a, maybe in the moon or something like that maybe really like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Downstairs, maybe in the full moon. Um, it was in a. It was quite an. It's quite intimate. Yeah. But not I, as in it was quite early in the day. Maybe good to someone else. You know, like it would be. It would have been quite an intimate one and quite early on. Maybe. I, I just can't remember. Maybe you know? I just. Maybe I just feel like you've been around longer than you have. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been. I haven't been around as in. Yeah. But I've, yeah, to, I've only be... been. I've only been playing maybe you know gigs for about four or five years maybe. So. Okay, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's about as long as the moon's been there, isn't it? Well, in yeah. its in a form, anyway. Yeah, um, but before that, it was open organized for a couple of years, and then before that, I was petrified of playing yeah. in front of anyone. So I did, I didn't. So I was a bit late. I was later on. I was after uni, you know. I was later mm, later on mm. getting into it. It's kind of yeah, it's, and it's interesting to kind of have that different perspective because I like work with such 
young people sometimes and like they can just they go jumps they are mm. i want a gig straight away and then other people kind of take a time take their time to getting into it yeah and also you know there wasn't that much of a an acoustic singer songwriter scene in cardiff i think when i was in uni things like you know um i yeah. i there was there, there just wasn't as much going on in that sense or i, I that i wasn't sort of aware of it you know yeah possibly i mean that it was definitely a massive indie stage at that point you know a lot yeah of indie bands i think yeah there's like certain areas and you can kind of place mm. them and kind of the emergence of like um i'm not gonna say like bonnie Vare, but I t- i'm trying to think of other people who would be similar to that like around that era where that kind of acoustic singer songwriter thing was kind of more mm. of a thing definitely well yeah. all the stuff you know all like the kind of um bands like Mumford and Sons oh yeah that's definitely what, yeah. kind of triggered something more people to play acoustic music didn't they yeah and that's the thing as soon as it gets into the charts promoters are going to want to put similar kind of gigs on and that's going to encourage people to play more more people to play because they'll be influenced by that kind of music yeah. and it kind of it just snowballs then doesn't it you know I know but it's it's interesting to kind of go for for someone who's playing that music anyway mm-hmm. and then go oh now it's on the radio it's like yeah but I, I suppose you know, as a fan of acoustic music, it's a great thing that uh, maybe not Mumford and Sons specifically, but like you know that um, more acoustic artists were getting more attention. Yeah, I think, say. and you know, Mumford and Sons and Laura Marling was just kind of like yeah. those those two kind of forebearers. I know it's, it's it's awful that I can't actually think of anyone. Yeah, else. but then again, you know, I'd been going to Green Man for years before yeah. that. Yeah, and there's yeah. just loads of acoustic music, so it's just great that some of those artists were getting more recognition because of the fact that. Uh, more people will listen to that kind of yeah. music, so it's it, it does ban it does kind of trickle down in a, in, a, in a way. Stuff like Green Man is so kind of like niche for that kind of music, and the idea of it, I don't know. Even like the headliners are like big bombastic bands sometimes, but you still mm. kind of at the end of the day, you are expecting to see a lot of oh, quiet bands, and it's like you know certain bands have gone. Oh, I think we should play Green Man, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, that's not how Green Man works. It's like it is certain acts that play that lineup, but it's the same for like quite a lot of festivals. But I think yeah, they've all like got their kind of um, festivals. Just tend to, do tend to have like their sort of what do you call it? What would be the words? Kind of uh, their own style. Yeah. So you know you don't you don't play download if you're like an acoustic yeah. artist. I mean, it, it, I'd, <laughs> I'd say yeah. Well, I don't know. They've got an acoustic. Oh, you could do. Yeah, but I mean, but you like, know, yeah, yeah. It's a predominant. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, there's there's definitely you go to Green Man like you said. You basically go to Green Man and you expect mm. um, you know more acousticy kind of music. But they do. You know, you obviously you get all kind of all kind of bands play there. Um, but there's definitely a style to it. I'm playing this year. It's good. Are you playing with a full band though? Yeah, that's cool. It's gonna be eight or nine of us. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I. I mean, you know, doing doing that kind of that large of a set at a festival probably can be quite intimidating. But then again, you kind of want that support when you're doing that kind of thing. Yeah, as in, I, I played before as a solo artist and definitely really looking forward to playing with a band because you get more of a fest. I, I, I'm gonna. It's, I don't know, it's going to have a different dynamic to it. And I yeah, think definitely. I'll be able to, it's going to allow me to play maybe songs that I wouldn't play on my own, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, uh, some that have kind of taken shape since I've been playing with a band. Yeah, and I think you definitely kind of, like you said before, you get a different dynamic when you play with a band and you and you can write different types of songs. Um, but yeah, and then but then you say you can, you trying to write those songs as, as like an individual. Yeah, well, I write the way... It's been working. Is I'll I'll write a song, 
that I could play on my own. Yeah. And then I've been sort of playing it to the band, and then we've been trying to come up with. Whereas, like, so so I've recorded two EPs, and during those EPs, I'd write the song, I'd record my bit, yeah, and then I'd get musicians to sort of play around that. Whereas now, um, I'm kind of changing the way I approach because I've got a band now. I'm changing the way I approach songwriting. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll write the song, um, and I can play it by myself. But I I like the fact that it's changing now when I play it with a band. So we'll we'll go through it together. Yeah. And then there's one new song now where I don't play the guitar at all, and that's weird for me. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Have you done that live yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, launched the EP and chapter in November. Oh yeah. That was yeah. kind of the first. Uh, nine-piece gig that I'd done. Were you all dressed in white? I was dressed in you were all dressed white, in white yeah. yeah, and the band was in all black. Oh, okay. Um, oh, cool. Well, the reasoning behind that um, is that the cover of my EP is uh, is orange, white, and black. Yeah. And I was thinking it'd be cruel to get the band to wear all, like all orange. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and they said it no. Like, yeah, a band had been tangoed or something, yeah, or like, yeah. you know. Uh, from the Netherlands, but um, yeah, so I were all, all all white for it, um, and it wasn't for any kind of egotistical thing. I just thought it would be more of a kind of so, uh, yeah, performance. I mean, it's a show, isn't it? It was a show. Yeah, it's a visual thing, and it's you know that I think that gets a lot. That's quite underplayed, I think. In that, it seemed right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it just seemed right. Um, I wasn't sort of trying to be anyone else. So I just no. thought it would be like a, a nice contrast on stage. Um, That's a, and, a focal point. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I played the song on my own. Uh, I was with the band. Yeah, but uh, I didn't play the guitar. And when we were practicing it, I tried it with, without the guitar on at all. Yeah, yeah, and I just felt like I was singing karaoke to my own song. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess, yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it felt really odd to me because I've always played with the guitar yeah, on stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did genuinely feel naked. It was weird. I didn't know what to do with my hands. Mm. So, uh, in the end, I kind of just had the guitar on. Yeah, yeah, just for comfort, uh, and did the song. But um, I think that's yeah. If it, if it makes you feel more comfortable. And you feel strange that, like without it. I, I think that's probably the best way of doing it, isn't it? It's I did like, say on stage. I, said, I I did explain about the karaoke thing. It was yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's good to kind of <laughs> provide that context, but it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of it's funny when when you see a band play and then you expect them to play the guitar the whole time and then they. Mm. But some people can do that and some people can't, and it's like it's. I think it's something as well that would you know I've only been playing with the band for about a year and a half, maybe maybe a year, mm. and so. Um, yeah, it's probably about a year and a half now. So it's it's kind of um, uh, it's something you get used to maybe more. And I've only ever played that song once. Mm. So the next time I play it, it might become easier. I might feel yeah. like I can put the guitar down. It, who knows? Yeah. But it's uh, it's just something for me to. It's a mental block. I need to go. No, I mean it's it's, <laughs> but it's understandable, especially when you said like earlier that you you used to be terrified mm. of, and to, you know having a guitar there is kind of, even if you're not playing it, it's kind yeah. of like some kind of defense mechanism isn't it it's like yeah. it's it's strange because um uh, well when i remember when amy winehouse played glastonbury and she a couple of times she would put a guitar on mm. while she was doing a song but she never played it so i wonder if that was kind of like her kind of safety thing but very possibly hopefully for you it's for a different reason <laughs> <laughs> hopefully um i don't know it's, it's always it's always interesting to kind of know that you're evolving as a kind of songwriter yeah. from going from writing these songs on your own and then having stuff around it to working with the band and you know 
I I think for you especially, you kind of appreciate that the musicians you work with are on a different level to you, or I don't know, kind of have a different perspective. So I guess that kind of influences your songwriting. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I don't think not the initial songwriting. No, I think, yeah, yeah. I think the um, I love the creative the that element of the creative process where I play the song that I've written, they hear it for the first time, mm. and then. Uh, they kind of suggest how you know bits parts to it, mm. and as you know, I really respect them as musicians. Um, so it's like something that we're writing. It's kind of the song is evolve is evolving all the time until you play it on stage, and then yeah. it carries on evolving because until you record it. So uh, that's been kind of a, so that's an interesting until you until it's down on record. You know, I can play that song different every, every yeah. night. Uh, and it'll change over time until I record it, and then it might change again. Yeah, definitely. I I like the fact that's the great thing about live music is that the song doesn't have to sound the same every time. You know, it's part of live music. You know, and yeah. and, and sometimes um, you'd be playing with someone and then play something wrong or something different, and you'd be yeah. like, "Whoa, I really like that." Yeah, 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 yeah. Play, play that again <laughs> next time. You know, so it's 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 you know for me, I think um, it's brilliant. It's it's amazing uh, to to sort of have them have an input I suppose in how the song is going to sound um, I, I don't especially like especially after writing on your own for so long yeah definitely yeah and you know it's, you don't always agree no but, but you know at the same time if you respect the musicians you kind of um, you know you're going to get something really great out of it in the end yeah. I mean I think so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the first time I saw you play and I obviously was I hunched over my guitar looking no, really, I'm, really nervous? I'm, I'm really, really trying to think now, but I, I think, I've seen you, I've seen you tons mm. now, and like, I mean, not as much as I'd, I'd like to, I don't know, but like, um, some of your songs, I think one of your songs especially is quite, uh, I brought it up with the in the podcast I did with Manny Jones because we were talking about the use of swearing in songs, oh, yeah. and I, you know exactly what song I'm talking about, but I love that song because it's like it starts off so kind of like. Not not your like typical folk song, yeah. but then it has that twist in it that's kind of <laughs> that I really kind of love, and it, it catches you off guard, and and it's quite interesting to. How did you come up with that? Because that's that's always one that's kind of. I, I was, it's a song about an argument. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There is a uh, so for for when I play an earlier set pre Watershed, I do. Yeah. I, there is a. Uh, a different, a slightly different version. Yeah, I say. which I which I heard. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I, yeah, I remember. So it's so it's it. I say it's hit the fan. Yeah, but obviously there's a. It's so it's a song about an argument, and I just thought that's quite an interesting way of looking at it. Um, the, there's there's a point where everything kind of it's so the the lyrics are it's hit the fan. Yeah, it's all over the walls. Yeah, it's all over the floor, and it won't ever come out. And I thought that was kind of a, quite a an interesting way of looking at an argument where there was definitely possibly no point of return yeah it's yeah you, it's it's interesting because <laughs> because those lyrics are so kind of visceral you kind of mm. at some point you kind of go oh like you you hear it at first and go oh that's quite visceral and then when you think about it you go oh yeah but that as a kind of metaphor it kind of makes a lot of sense and yeah. you're right it's like that point of no return where you where it's <laughs> like you've said it now and like that's it that's there's no going back from that yeah and it's you know it's i think it's quite something a lot of people can relate to and i think that's, that's you captured it really well i thought so it's quite it's quite graphic imagery well yeah it? i know exactly but it's like 
it 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 does its job. Yeah. <laughs> it does well, its, it does its job quite well, and it's like it's one of those songs that I will probably remember for a very long time. It's like I don't think it's I do it as a sing along yeah. now as well. So I, yeah, I try yeah, to get yeah. the audience to see it. <laughs> I think it's quite. Um, people come up to you afterwards and say, oh, you know, I really enjoyed that. I, I did not expect it. And I really yeah. enjoyed it. And it felt kind of quite... Um, Cathartic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, kind of, you kind of go, oh, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that, that moment where you go, all right. Once you get over that initial imagery. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it, does, it's, it does work quite well. And, it's, and it sits quite well often at the end of your set. Um, it's kind of like a turning, like a kind yeah. of twist at the end but um yeah no i re- always really enjoy seeing seeing you as a solo and i i will endeavor to come and see you as a band <laughs> definitely um so i can, can kind of wrap it up but that, like i said I, there's two questions i kind of ask at the end and um it's more related to like other people's music but you know it, it can relate to you in, in a sense mm. if you kind of relate it back to that it's um so the first one is what's something you've been like a record or a, a song or something you've been listening to a lot recently that you're really enjoying i've been listening to obviously the new radiohead album which is probably not so new anymore is it but, no uh, <laughs> well, moon shape pool yeah about a year is it now yeah, i think it was last year yeah was the f- oh yeah, it was the, with daydreaming and stuff. Like yeah. that, it? maybe a year or two ago now. Um, yeah. I think it, yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. Uh, there's a lot of sort of uh, band called Climbing Trees. Yeah, friends of mine, big. Uh, listen to their record. Um, I I kind of thought you'd ask me this question, and I didn't think I. It's really hard. What have I been listening to? Um, the Bonnie Vera albums, great. The latest one, I think. Yeah. Um, I supported someone called Courtney Marie Andrews recently. Oh yeah, yeah. In Cardiff, um, she's got a beautiful voice. So I've been listening to that album a bit. Um, I mean, it, it's one of those questions where I go, I feel kind of bad because people will go, "Oh, I wish I could say something," and because they haven't prepared it, and yeah, and that's like that. That's definitely one of the questions where I'm like, it would be better if like you did come in, come in with that answer. Yeah. The other, one, the other ones I think are more uh, are much better to kind of. Uh, catch you off guard with. In all honesty, like, I listen to a lot of music, so it's yeah. kind of um, it's it's really hard to sort of for me to pinpoint at any point in time, you know, how what I've been listening to the most. Mm. These are just people I'm picking, you know, uh, yeah. picking off the top of my head. I think yeah. it's less so now that you kind of put one rec- record on repeat like you used to. I mean, mm. I still do it occasionally, but it's. It's more now you just jump about your entire well, yeah. your entire music collection if you even have a music collection. Yeah, people like, barely yeah. listen to albums anymore. Yeah, it's so just it's one song, then one song, then one song, then one song, and, that's, and you know that's and that's great. And uh, it also seems to be like you know if I'm if I'm at a festival or something, I try to look at who's playing. Yeah, um, and then I listen to them. Um, but it's I think so much out. That there. is that is a really good way of kind of of getting into a festival. Is not sorry, not getting into a festival, but like making the most of a mm. festival is to listen to the artist first and then yeah. you know it's it's always amazing if you come across an artist you you haven't even heard of before but if you do listen to them in advance then you can kind of go oh, i'm going to see this person to see this person yeah exactly and it's like you know sometimes you turn up and they're they're not as good as the record and sometimes you turn up and they're amazing you know they're, they're, they're your new favorite band so i think yeah it's kind of one of those things especially at hub festivals like yeah. if you just grab that soundcloud playlist they always put up and go through it and go oh, i'm yeah. not so keen on that and a lot of festivals now have started putting um, uh, Spotify page links on the on the yeah. band profile page yeah. for festivals as well, which I think you know 
helps because people will gravitate towards it, add it to a playlist. Yeah. And it's a way of kind of getting an overview of what you might like because there's a lot of choice in festivals, isn't there? So it's nice to discover a new band you've never seen before. Yeah, I guess that's one of the you know definite advantages of being able to kind of use the internet for that kind of thing is to discover bands that you wouldn't would just like not known to be there. I mean, I remember going to Reading Festival a couple of years ago and getting a playlist of all the the bands that I hadn't mm-hmm. heard of but thought I might like, and then getting about ten new favorite bands. It's like it's exactly. great. And so then the final question I ask is. What's your favourite record of all time? Oof. Which is also a very tough question, but no, yeah. it is really that that is a really hard question. Yeah, um, because I think different records suit different moods and different yeah times. I so, think that's definitely the case. Yeah. Um, I find it really hard, and also different times in your life. So yeah, because they're so linked to memories and. Mm. Um, uh, so I don't know whether I can answer that question. <laughs> oh, that's a cop out. No, no. I mean, I think that's definitely like a lot of what I've been yeah. hearing is that you know I think some people can just come up with a mm. with a with a you know I yeah. I think I'm I'm asking these questions because I can answer them quite quick quite easily, but yeah. I'm starting to reconsider them. So maybe I'll kind of like change up the questions at yeah. some point. I definitely don't have a favorite yeah. record i've got loads of records that i like for different reasons mm. and i think that, and that, that the same with songs you know i don't really have a favorite song maybe, but i have several that i really like maybe what i should be asking is what's the record that influenced you the most as a musician yeah that's an interesting question as well um and uh i you know obviously i would say if you're looking at the seed of where it all started yeah it would be that okay computer mm. Um, because obviously that was a massive influence because it was a turning point for me and sort of my musical, um, I hate to use the word education because it's not an education, um, but like my musical, it was my musical awakening and I'm going to coin that term. Yeah, yeah, musical awakening. So I'm going to coin that term because it's not, I mean, it wasn't an education because you, you, you don't, I don't feel like you learn. I think you kind of, um, music is expression and you kind of tend to pick things um, that, that you like, but I think that everything, you know, um, everything influences you, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I, I listen to all kinds of music, um, and I always, and did growing up, you know, uh, indie hip hop, yeah, yeah. Uh, drum and bass. There's an amazing drum drum and bass hip hop scene in Cardiff when I was growing up. You know, and um, it all influences you. You know, and yeah. I think um, even if you don't like something, you that influences you as well because you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it like that. Um, I don't like that song. Mm-hmm. I don't like that style. I don't. You know, every I think yeah. So everything you hear, in my opinion, influences you, even if it's for the positive the negative that's that's a really i've never thought of it from that before like you know disliking so something mm. so much so that it influences you not to do that yeah that's a really good point also do it different yeah 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 um and you know you might like certain elements of something and go oh i really like the way that yeah i played that guitar like that i'm gonna try that in one of my yeah. songs and i think as a songwriter that's it's good because you have got more um you know you, you can try different things in your songs, mm. if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. different, um, which may not be obvious with just a man singing with an acoustic guitar, <laughs> but once you start kind of adding other instruments to it, you can kind of see different influences. I don't know when you say that, but I think that's what I really like about solo artists trying to work out mm. their influences just through their simpler, like mm. simple forms. Like, and I think you know, some of that mystery gets dissipated when you add extra instruments i'm not saying it's a mm. bad thing but i'm saying it's like 
the more you can show your influence through just you and a guitar, the kind of mm. the kind of more you know positive that is. And I think that that did really come that did really come across the first time I saw you. And and you know, I, I guess yeah, I guess. But you always want to evolve, and you always want to kind of yeah. take that further. And you know, it's 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 the worst thing in the world to just tread water and stay stagnant. So I'm I you know I can appreciate de- I can definitely appreciate that kind of progress as well. Yeah. I still. You know, I still really enjoy playing solo shows as well because mm. um, I love the intimacy of them. But I also, you know, now that I have started playing with a band, it just feels like, you know, it's a, I'm playing the same thing really at the moment. Yeah. They're just playing, they're kind of just changing the dynamic of it. Yeah. By Do just you like, think you ever pictured yourself in a band? Um, <clears throat> well, I didn't, I never really thought about it much, to be honest with you. I was just kind of happy doing what I was doing. Um, yeah, and then it just it, circumstances change, and you kind of meet people, and you start thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I will, you know. And once you start recording your songs, yeah, and you have other musicians playing on and the then, records, and then you go away, and you you can't you hear that in your head, but it's yeah. not around you. I so, guess, yeah, definitely. So it's it's um it's just a natural pro- progress, you know. I'm not as in I don't think I just think I'm just um you know changing all the time. Definitely, and I, yeah, and that's the worst thing when I go and see an artist and six months later they're, st- they're still playing the same set and you're like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, you should always try and drop a new one in. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, I just think that I'm, I'm always changing. I always want to try different things. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to come out and do like a drum and bass set. No. <laughs> that would be a surprise. It would be, it would be a surprise. But, but uh, you know, I, I like to feel like they're not just sort of stagnating. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good point to end cheers alid and so here's a track from alid you can watch the video for this either on the facebook page or via youtube just uh search for erratic control and you'll find the videos um this is called wrap up warm first there was pain it hurt a lot Pain was saved by the side we got And there were screams and bated breath Smiles were smiled, clocks were set Breathe in First you crawl, next you walk, you run around all day and cover new ground in suede and each agrees, reach new heights, imagine a million worlds, jump inside. Just remember to wrap up warm And don't forget your home And call me when you get there Find your friends 
open your mind Take those books off the shelf And get a sense of yourself Fool around Find what's right Pick your boundaries And pick your fights Breathe in, breathe Just remember to wrap up warm And don't forget your home And call me when you get there Just remember to wrap up warm And don't forget your home And call me when you get Find your feet Or take flight It's a big world out there So take a bite Find the one Hold on tight The future's pulling Clocks are ticking Breathe in, breathe out Just remember to wrap up warm And don't forget your home And call me when you get there So thanks to Alid for being on the podcast. Thanks for like a really great interview and an amazing track. I kind of get a strange feeling whenever someone records a song in my flat because you go you there's a certain moment where you go oh there's a really incredible musician playing music and it's just for me right now and that's a feeling that I hope never goes away because it's kind of such an interesting thing I get to do um I'm really happy with how last week's podcast went down uh, about Hub Festival I didn't think I was going to pull it off in in all honesty but um I was really really happy with the response and I'm glad so many people have enjoyed it. I hope that carries on to this podcast and like the, you know, I've I've definitely been seeing uh, people listening to the previous previous podcasts, which I'm kind of very happy about. And uh, hopefully those will continue. I've got two more coming up that I've recorded, so I need to get on recording a few more. Otherwise, I'm going to fall behind. But um, I should be able to do that in the next couple of weeks. Hope uh, the next podcast is with uh, Genevieve Geisman, who actually I didn't mention in this podcast is someone who's collaborated with Alid before on a track called Stay With Me and um, we talked about well we talked about quite a lot of interesting things but uh, you should wait till next week (laughs) until so you can hear what those things are Um, so yeah thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with a new podcast thanks very much (laughs) 